Hello everyone, this is your host, Jamie Buckley, and this is Life of Fiction, Episode 12. And I've been pondering quite a few things of late, a lot having to do with marketing. I uh, used to be a part of a Well, I guess I'm still part of it. I just haven't participated in quite a while. But part of a community on Facebook, or in your Facebook, as I like to call it, called Solopreneur Society. It's very unique in that it trains individuals like myself, who are entrepreneurs, to better market themselves, to find out who they really are, what their character is, so you can unapologetically be your brand. And that, it's funny, I, uh, how can I say this? In all the struggles or challenges, I don't want to say struggles, they've been challenges. I've learned and been able to improve upon my character and my skill sets over the years, regardless of what's happened. So I don't want to say that The things that I've experienced were useless or that the efforts that I have made have been useless because they haven't been. I've learned. I've learned and I've grown. I've become a better writer. I might not be a, you know, a a Stephen King or an R.R. Martin. So what? I've been a better writer myself of who I am, of Jamie Buckley. I've been become a better artist. I have become a better communicator in forming relationships, in listening, in becoming clear in what I try to convey with people that I'm communicating with. Even now, I am very conscious in trying to avoid using and or um or uh, which is difficult for me. And all these things are improvements upon my character. Improvements and, I should probably say, an increase in my tool sets or a refinement, a refining of my tools. Maybe that's the best phrase. So why am I thinking these things? Well, the more I spend time online, the more I realize things are stacked against people like myself. Individuals who want to tell stories, who want to share what they have, and it's almost impossible. And I am going to focus on that almost, almost impossible to be found, to get that attention. And I see wherever I go that things are motivated by money, even myself. I mean, I'm doing this hopefully to be able to pay some bills from time to time. But looking around me and seeing so many stories and so many people trying to get the attention of the world, and I'm not trying to get the attention of the world. I'm trying to get your attention. I'm trying to have conversations with people that I hopefully will be able to know your name. I'm hoping that in writing stories that it will be... I'd like it to be similar to when Wanted Hero was a comic book. 
And I would get emails from children, from teens and from young kids. I, I used to get emails from kids as young as 10 years old. I don't know how old most of them were, but once in a while these kids would tell me how old they were. And to be able to encourage them, I had kids ask me questions. I made a comment on a Substack yesterday. Um, ah, see, I did that. There's the um. I, I made a comment about how the statistics of who is coming to the website and who is opening emails, who is a free subscriber and who is a paid subscriber or a paid member, didn't really make a whole lot of difference to me. It's not something that I look at anymore. I just don't care. Mostly because it's never done me any good. I have paid thousands upon thousands of dollars over the decades trying to learn how to better market myself and to market Wanted Hero, whatever book or project that I'm working on. And I have followed, spent thousands of dollars and, and committed thousands of hours of labor and creative strategizing, maybe that's the right word, to get the attention or to build a brand. And none of it has worked. In fact, I, I gave an example that I spent almost five years trying to get the attention of a professional marketing individual who has done phenomenal things for uh, national brands and and popular brands. We're talking about companies, not individuals like myself. They would they would help the advertisement and popularity of say like uh, game shops or party warehouses. These big companies and make them millions upon millions of dollars a month. And I knew this individual. I'd met him several times, knew what his skills were, how successful he was. And I asked him if he would help me to improve upon and to market Wanted Hero. And he was very gracious and very kind and said no. And each year at some points, because we have some common friends, I would bump into him and I would bring it up again. And again, and again, and I would do this one to two times a year over a five-year span. It's funny because at year four, he actually smiled at me when I asked if he'd work with me. He still said no. However, he did smile and say, you know, you're making a lot of progress and I'm impressed. And I didn't know that he had been paying attention. He says, yeah, I, I watch for you once in a while. And he would mention something that I had done within the previous week or so. So he knew the tactics, the efforts that I was making to be able to improve the possibility of being found by the public, by readers with Wanted Hero. Eventually, I got his attention. And he was, I'm, I'm guessing here that he was impressed with my determination to get his attention and he agreed to help me not necessarily as a client but to give me a very specific plan of what I needed to do to get the traffic on my website so that I hopefully I could sell more books 
And he gave me this outline. I looked at him and I thought, you have got to be kidding. This is what I have to do to be successful with Wanted Hero. He says, well, if you do this, it's just math. Statistically, you will succeed. There's no doubt you will succeed if you do these things. And I said, well, is there another way that I can do it? And he said, well, yes, all of my clients, they're required to set aside a monthly marketing budget of $10,000 a month so that they can buy the materials required to make posts each and every day, seven days a week, 365 days out of the year. And I said, I, I, don't, I don't have that kind of money to spend on an entire year. And he says, I know that. But you have the talent, the actual in-house talent, to do these things and make these materials yourself. But it'll be an, an incredible amount of work. And I said, okay, well, I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to put in the time. So he gave me the list. And I had to write six new articles, written articles, and another six to 12 memes or some kind of artwork with specific tags to put on social media. And I had to do that every single day, seven days a week. I was flabbergasted. I said, how long do I have to do this? And he said, just two years. (laughs) Oh, the thought of doing it one year, 365 days. Now I need to do it times two. And and I said, has anyone tried this before to do it in-house? He says, oh yeah, most of my clients, these large companies, they try to do it in-house, but none of them have lasted more than a week. This is a company with who knows how many employees. And I said, I'll do it. He said, okay, I don't think you really believe that I would stick to it. But I did, not for the two, two years, but I did stick to that schedule, writing all those articles and making all that new artwork to put out there. I did it for seven months, three weeks, and three days. And then I just said, I'm done. And the reason why I just said I was done was because we looked at the statistics. We looked at the phenomenal, phenomenal amount of traffic that my website was getting. We're talking at one point, it was, I believe, 35,000 new people, new people, not the returning people, but 35,000 new people a month to my blog. And guess how many sales I got from all that traffic during that seven months. All that we could track what page they went to, what articles they looked at, what memes or artwork that they were, you know, laughing at. Hopefully they were laughing. But we could track where they went on the website and guess how many sales I made during that time. Zero. Not a single sale. And what was amazing is this individual, this marketing genius, he went over, he asked permission to to go into the back end of my website. I gave him full reign. He analyzed everything. He said, I don't understand. This is absolutely impossible. And I said, obviously not. But it didn't work. And the sad thing is, is that every single marketing 
plan, program, course, seminar. I've tried so many, dozens upon dozens, and thousands of hours of intense effort following what I was instructed to do religiously, and nothing worked. I, I've kind of come to the conclusion that I'm a bit of the joke of the universe, or I'm, I don't know, I'm the stone to kick around. I'm not sure. That sounds ungrateful. That's not, yeah, that's not true. Well, because on the flip side, I've also had things happen that are just in, incredibly strange. I can, I've always had a trickle of sales. There's always that two to five or ten things selling a month. And that's nothing. That's enough to save up the money from the sales and to pay for the hosting and the tools that you use online. So it keeps it going. Self-sustaining. That's not a bad thing. But to be able to make some money that you can take out and you can use, that's something different. I would wake up and go to my computer and within the past 24 hours, 9,000 books sold. 9,000. Why? How? There's no metrics for me to, to, to check. I didn't run ads. I, I didn't have any connections. How did this happen? And then it dies down to the trickle again. No clue who did it or why it was done, but it happened. Then a few weeks later, I got 3,000 sales in a 24-hour period. Why? I mean, thank you. <laughs> but why? I don't know why these things happen. And so, since I don't know why they happen or how they happen, I can't duplicate anything. And that's kind of my point here. I don't know why things happen the way they do. And I try to do things the way that I see the world doing it. And how other authors do it. I try to do it the way I have friends who are popular authors. I have friends who are New York Times best-selling authors and international best-selling authors. I've tried to do what my friends do and it won't work for me. Why? What did I do wrong to offend the marketing gods? I don't know. I really don't have an answer. What I do know is that there's always that someone or small group of people that I end up bumping into that make all of this worth it. Back to this child, this 10-year-old, and I was making this remark on a substack. It's funny, when I hit my low and I was questioning whether or not I wanted to keep writing books because I had no clue who was buying them or who was reading them, if anyone liked them. And I remember getting an email and opening it. And I don't remember his name because it was so long ago, but I do remember him mentioning that he was a 10-year-old, that he had read my comics, that he was from India. And he said, I was wondering if I could ask you a question, Mr. Buckley. 
do I matter? And you know, being a dad of 13 kids and a grandfather and an uncle of scores of kids, that just hit me. And I realized that someone out there was questioning their life and wondering important things. Maybe partly due to the influence of the stories that I was trying to share. And I realized at that point, and I've had many, many experiences thereafter that tell me that people who need the stories, they'll get them. And that matters to me. And that's probably at this point really the only thing that is keeping me going in writing stories. Not that I don't enjoy writing them. I love writing these stories. I love interacting with readers. I, I'm i not at this point able to utilize... Oh, that's the wrong phrase. I'm not making the money to pay the bills at this point. But I'm still, I still have enough for my needs. But you know what really matters to me? Is knowing whether or not someone is enjoying the stories. If readers are getting anything from the stories. That's what I miss. Anyway, the point to this particular episode of Life of Fiction is... I'm not sure I want to go the traditional route and follow the traditional route of many of these my fellow writers. I don't have any desire to participate on In Your Facebook. I've given up on, you know, Instagramification. That whole platform is just lies. Everything isn't in white and life isn't perfect. And I never bought that crap from anybody, no matter how wide they smiled. But in your Facebook, that has been quite the bane of my existence. And it's become so political and gross and revealing in things that I just don't want to participate. I know that Facebook collects information that they ought not to have. I know that Google collects information everywhere if you have an Android phone. If you if you believe what uh, Dr. Robert Epstein has said, and if you don't know that, go look that up on the Joe Rogan podcast. They talked about Google and search results and how we are all manipulated, but how every Android device records everything that you say 100% of the time. And if you've ever wondered why your battery seems to drain so quick, it's because it takes a lot of energy to upload approximately 50 megabytes of information an hour to Google about what you're saying and what you're doing. Your geolocation's always on, by the way, if it's an Android device. And then he mentioned, it's really not a whole lot better for Apple because Apple is also recording everything and they're collecting all this data, but they just don't do things with it like Google does yet. So 
I'm not a paranoid person. I take this as I'm assuming because I don't look at the world as a safe place. I do know and have seen and experienced the boot of large corporations and stepping on me and stepping on other people. So I know this is happening. This is not me being paranoid. It's me being realistic and saying, you know what? I remember a day on the internet when I could, on Google, I could, through my own labors, get my own brand up in the search engines with certain search results. I worked so hard and created so many articles, indexed them perfectly, did all the SEO, and guess what? There was a time when you could take the phrase wanted hero, or you could use my name, Jamie Buckley, and the first, I kid you not, 50 to 75 pages somewhere in there on Google, all of them were me. That's what hard work got you back in the day when the internet was truly young. And now, what is it? It's all pay to play. It's you can work as hard as you possibly can. And if someone has a fatter wallet and is willing to pay Google, because that's what they are now. They're not. They're certain, certainly not a search engine. They're an advertising company. They make money. Want to do something fun? Go to Google and just type in capital A, or just A, type in A, and I bet you that the very first result that you're going to get isn't alphabetically A, you are going to get Amazon. Something about Amazon is what's going to come into the Google search results. And the reason why is because Amazon is Google's biggest customer. And Google happens to be Amazon's biggest flow of traffic. It's where their customers come from. They have quite the relationship. So knowing things like this, why would I want to advertise? Why would I want to spend money supporting a platform that sees me as a product? You're wondering what I'm getting to with this, with all this information, aren't you? <laughs> My point is, is that I'm realizing I'm going to have to let go, truly let go, and have a bit of confidence in this universe around me, and instead focus on people. You've always been what's important. Knowing that you listen to this podcast, knowing that you read the books that I write, the stories that I write, knowing that if you have a question, that you'll come to lifeoffiction.com and you'll send me a comment. You'll ask me a question so I can answer you. Knowing that I can have a relationship with you without Google, without Facebook, without Amazon, that's pretty amazing. And that's pretty encouraging. And hopefully you're enjoying the stories. Hopefully you have questions. Hopefully I'm entertaining you in some way. And my bigger hope 
is that if you do like these things, that maybe, just maybe, you'll tell someone else about it. And that's how things will grow. I don't want to go outside and take a metal pot and a spoon and shout my name and whack on that thing and make a bunch of noise to get people to look my way so I can wave one of my books. That doesn't make any sense to me. Instead, I'm hoping that I can find one person, just one, hopefully you, and share a story, and you'll have such a wonderful experience that you'll tell someone else about it and say, you need to come over and look at this or check this out. Maybe you'll buy a book, whether it's digital or physical. If it's physical, of showing it to someone, loaning it to someone. And I know it'll take time. I've been doing this since 1990. And then I went online in 2004. So I've been at this for just a little while. And I'm patient. And I think I finally got some things together. I've got some stories to tell and put them in in their order, put them in place. And I'm hoping to get this main series written and out to you so that I can write the hundreds of other books that are connected to the main storyline. So we'll have a whole bunch of fun and then we'll have a kick butt party and have a whole lot more. That's what I'm hoping to do. And the fun thing is is that if you come to lifeoffiction.com and you work with me through Substack, I get to connect with you directly. Google can't stop us. They can't stop this relationship. And that's what I want to have, is relationships with people. So right before I sat down to do this podcast, I uh, <laughs> I just left a, a single note there on Facebook. It just said, see ya. I don't have any desire to go back to Facebook. Now, I know, I do know, I'm going to take these podcasts and I'm going to share them. But I don't think I'm going to go back anymore. I don't, I don't want to. I'd like everyone to come and see me and, and connect with me. So anyway, that's, that's my thoughts for, for this week. And I'd just like to encourage you to take a moment and come over to Life of Fiction. Consider signing up for the newsletter. It allows me to send this podcast and articles. And if you are following me with the early releases of the chapters of my various books, good thing is I'll be able to send those right to your right to your email. I've got my son in the background playing with the puppy. We got a brand new puppy, which is pretty awesome. He's a, can't remember what he is. He's a Pomeranian Alaskan Husky mix. Pomsky? I think that's what it's called. He's got blue eyes and blue fur. And he is the smartest, cutest little thing you have ever seen. Anyway, so now you know something about me. We are dog people. Yes, I love my puppy. 
Anyway, come on over to lifeoffiction.com, sign up for the newsletter, and come find me. Let's have a conversation. Ask a question. If you can't afford the monthly, the monthly, what is it, $7 a month? Contact me. I know things are rough and hard out there. We have something called a hardship scholarship. And so contact me and let me know what you can afford per month. And I'll work with you. It's more important about the stories and the the conversations. It's about the relationships. You're important. You're important to me. You're somebody's son or daughter. And that's important. Anyway, I'm rambling now. Thank you for listening and remember... You are more than you think you are. We'll see you next time.